This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Good morning. It's so good to see all of you. It's, uh, it's good to be open again. It feels long overdue. Long overdue. It's interesting that they say you, you don't always appreciate something until you lose it. And the funny thing about it was, with you not being here, you don't realize how much I missed you. And for reasons that you don't necessarily understand. I miss your, your good-looking faces and your happy smiles. I missed those. But I don't think you realize what it's like to preach to an empty auditorium. It sounds bad, but I can feel you when I speak. I can feel you when I speak. Because there are times when I put together what I believe the Holy Spirit wants me to speak on. And when I come and I start to deliver it, I can feel when it's like, okay, that's fine, that's fine. But there are certain places where you begin to feed and it's like, okay, I can feel it. And so you stop there and you spend more time there. And I don't always get it right. Sometimes I think this is really going to be the high point. People are going to love this. And you get to that point and you're ready and you deliver and people are like, and what else? And then you reach certain points where you think, well, this is definitely the low point of the service. And people, you can feel it. People are like, I love that. What else have you got? And you think, really? That was the high point? I can feel you. And so it's been really difficult speaking when you weren't here because I can't gauge where you are. And I'm delivering what I believe is truth, but I don't know how to do it in a way that's able to be responsive to where you are, if that makes any sense. So it's been interesting for me. This has been a very interesting time for me personally, the last week. Um, I just, I haven't slept well. And just recent events have just it's consumed all of my time all of my thoughts and it's been interesting trying to navigate that space because you have your personal experience and your personal points of reference but you have your calling and you're trying to look through that through through the lens of both of those things and get definition and understanding it's been a time of very mixed emotions recent events began to highlight for us the reality of racism in America. It's part of the body our responsibility is to define between good and evil, what represents God and what represents the kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of darkness represented itself in a very formidable way and in a very apparent way recently. It's not to say that it hasn't been around, but it came to the forefront. And it was so poignant that it wasn't only the body of Christ that recognized it. It wasn't as though there was only an outpouring from black people against what happened. It was unanimous across the board. People came out and said, we're not happy with the status quo. We 
We don't like the idea of something that's inherently dark, giving definition and still having a place in contemporary society. We can't always relate to other people because we don't walk their journey and we're not in their shoes. One thing about my position is that I'm put in a place where I need to speak to people's realities all the time. And many of those realities are places I've never been. I don't know what it is to be a woman in an abused relationship. I don't know what it is to be a person who's addicted to drugs and alcohol. I don't know what it is to be a victim of sex trafficking. I don't know what it is to wake up in the morning and sit and say, you know what, I don't really know if I have enough money to even eat today. There are realities that confront other people that don't always confront us. And yet my responsibility as a pastor is twofold. Number one, can I understand where you are? And secondly, how do we move forward from where we are? If you're a person of color, it's important for me that you know this. As a pastor, as head of Living Faith Church, and as an ambassador of the kingdom, I feel it's appropriate for me to say that it is not ever right for a person to feel in any way degraded because of their color. A person should never feel second rate because of their cousin. A person should never be at a place where they are disparaged against because of their color. And there are many other reasons, but we're talking specifically about race today. So I want to talk about color. It is not something we embrace. And I want you to know that we are unified in the fight against that. It is not appropriate for that to ever have representation. That's half of what's kept me awake. The other half of what's kept me awake is what is our responsibility as the body of Christ? You see, it's very easy in the space in which we find ourselves to listen to a lot of voices out there. But our call is something which is higher. Our call is something which says, you are a new creation in Christ. You're not who you used to be. I'm not to be wrapped up in my humanity. I'm to be wrapped up in my identity as a kingdom citizen. If I am a new creation in Christ, what does that mean? And how does that have expression in the world in which I find myself? It's important because as people part of the body of Christ, we have a responsibility to bring about change. What does that look like? What does it look like? Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you want to know what definition looks like and if you know what the world should look like in God's economy, have a look at kingdom. We try and we strive towards kingdom truth, kingdom reality, and kingdom expression in everything that we do. And when we face something like racism in society, in whatever forms it presents itself, we need to know and we need to be equipped as the body of Christ to know how it is that we go out there and we make meaningful influence. A lot of peaceful people have got opinions. A lot of people have got ideas. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're right. 
My responsibility first and foremost as a born again believer and as an ambassador of the kingdom is to the Holy Spirit and what he guides and leads me to do. The children of God are led by the Spirit of God. It doesn't mean ineptitude. It doesn't mean not having a voice and it doesn't mean not having action. But maybe the way that that's defined is different as a kingdom citizen as opposed to a worldly citizen. It may not look the same. But Jesus said, you know what? My ways are not your ways. What he's saying was, the place that you think you're going to find power and influence to bring about change is not the places that I may go. We've got to find where meaningful influence and change comes from. And we need to be agents who utilize that in an effective way to change our world. Society is people. There is no entity called society outside of people. If you change people, you change society. I spent some time with Sean, Sean Friendly, this week. Um, Sean Friendly and Tom Queso head up our men's ministry. And we, we spoke about this. What we were talking about is our responsibility as kingdom citizens in moving forward. What does it look like? And how do we step into that? And I've asked him to come and share this morning and to speak on how we move forward from where we are right now. We can live in our reality or we can sit and say we want to make change. What does change look like and what does that future look like? What is, my, what is my role and my responsibility in introducing thy kingdom come? Sean, thank you. Look forward to it. Green light, green light. You got hey, hey. There we go. <laughs> How y'all doing today? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna handle this, but I'm gonna handle this. Can I be myself? So yeah, I have a, you know, people we were educated. I've been in the military forever, but I'm gonna come. To, I'm the, I'm gonna bring this to you from um, South Alabama. Um, we used to call it L.A. Lower Alabama. So if you don't mind, I'm going I'm to bring it from, from, that's the real L.A., right? Come on, let's be real. Let's be real. Um, so who am I? Uh, as he said, I'm Sean Friendly. I head up the men's ministry. And Gavin asked me to do this. And you can just imagine what the, the weight of that felt like, right? You can imagine um, the responsibilities um, that this is. Um, Ralph reminded me this morning that, you know, at one time I was, um, having a convoy going into, um, had a bunch of people following me into Baghdad. We were, we were taking some samples down into, into the city, and I was responsible for like seven vehicles, and uh, I got lost, took a wrong turn. We didn't have GPS. We have these things called pluggers, and so they're kind of like a GPS, close, but not, you know, they get you within like 10 miles. I'm joking. I don't know how close it gets you, but, <laughs> but uh, so, so it was a lot of heavy. got these people uh, responsible. That wasn't as heavy as this. This is heavy, man. This is really heavy. Um, but he's, um, 
He's prepared me for the challenge. So you are in your skin for a time as this. You have the right age. You have the right, you're born in the right place. Um, you, you are perfectly designed to deal with what we're dealing with right now. He said that to me, and I believe that's for you too. We're, we're here for a reason. This, there's a reason I wasn't born 15 years from now, and I was little, and I'm in 20, 2025 20, or whatever it is, right? Um, I, I'm here now. So we're here now. There's, this doesn't surprise God. COVID-19 didn't surprise God, right? Come on, man. COVID-19 didn't surprise God. When he gave you your word on, on January 1 about what your life's going to be and what 2020 was going to be, and then COVID hit, he didn't say, my bad. I, I, my bad. I, what I said in January, remember that time I told you that you were going to be increased? And let, let me wait until August, until they open up you know, the bowling alleys and you can go bowl again. <laughs> um, that's not the case. I was positive for COVID-19. Some of y'all may know that. Um, I'm healed now, but uh, yeah, yeah. It was, in, it was early March. Um, felt weird when got tested. Came up positive. Um, and then, then I'm healed. Just residual stuff. Um, like I can't taste. I can't taste hot sauce. Jesus. The devil's a liar. I, can't taste, I couldn't taste hot sauce. I'm eating greens and I couldn't taste the hot sauce, yo. That, come on. Come on. I was ready to get out of here. Take me home now. Take me home. It's slowly coming back in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I can taste hot sauce again. In Jesus' name. Anyway. <laughs> right. It was actually too hot. That's what it was. All right. So, uh, so listen. It was, uh, this, has been, um, this has been a rough, rough feat. So let, let's, let's put everybody on the same sheet of paper, okay? We know we're a child of God, right? We know we're uniquely designed. I said that earlier. Like most public servants, military, police officers, teachers, there are fair, honest, honorable men and women among the ranks, right? We agree. That would risk their badge, would risk their bar certificate to engage if they see a terrible action from one of their own. That's the most of them. We, we agree. We agree. Uh, criminals should face justice for their crimes. Looters, arsonists, these are criminals. They should face justice for their crimes. Most of the protesters that are in this um, criminal space are anarchists, and they're designed to, um, to devalue the real cause of the protest. We agree. These are idiots, right? We're, not, we're, on, their, we're on their side. Gang members and mobsters and um, um, gangsters and other people living a life of organized crime, right? Um, they don't give each other due process under the law, right? Right? If I'm a gang member, that's another former gang member. I don't say, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. 14th Amendment says I should get due process under the law, right? We agree. Gangsters don't do that. Right? We all agree. Right? So, um, as much as, so none of us, like anybody, to have to die and be aborted when their life has, uh, has distance to it. We have days left to our life, but it's aborted. It should piss us all off, right? Yeah. Right? Can I, can I be real? Can I say piss? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> As Americans, we should expect equal protection and due process, especially when in the presence of the custody of law enforcement. That's why we're pissed. That's why we're pissed. 
The picture last week was hard. We all agree. Pastor set that up really nice, really well for me. And they, they preached my message here. I guess you should just benedict when, the, when they sing and they preach your message. You just put the benediction in anyway. <laughs> so, but, uh, so, yeah, so, um, so imagine having to experience what, um, what we saw last week, the, the knee. And so my goal today really is to kind of let you in a little bit into the life of what it means to be a black man in America. You know me as Sean, right? You know me as this, this guy that, that tells bad jokes and has great kids and all this kind of stuff. But um, in, into my life, right, is this idea that I'm a black man in America. And that means something as we are going up. So I'm quickly going to let you guys in. Pastor and I talked about it. Quickly let you guys in. But here's the deal. God has the answer. God has the answer. There is an answer. There's no, we don't have to be confused about where God's going to take us. And he has an awesome place he's going to take us. So, um, the knee. It reminded me of the, power, the powerful pressure resident in our country that attempts to devalue me as a man. We just talked about that. Steal away. Steal away. Steal away home. Steal away. Steal away. I ain't got long to stay here. When I was a little boy, I remember sitting in the living room, my grandmother's house, and I used to love my uncles. My mom had five brothers. They were all beautiful singers. As you can tell, um, today is the day where black men who can't sing start singing. That's today. (laughs) So, I don't know, it's a holiday or something. Um, So I'm... I used to listen to my uncles, man, and sing that song. It's a beautiful song. It was harmonized, and I used to love to listen to me and my sisters and my cousins, usually after a fish fry or something, and I used to love to hear that song. They were great at singing. I ain't got long to stay here. Then I started thinking about, what does that mean? I ain't got long to stay here. I want to steal away home. I ain't got long to stay here. It was that pressure of being in their skin in America in the 60s, in the 70s, that pressure. These were saved people. Holy Ghost filled. My dad was a pastor. These were, these were deacons. No question that they knew who God was. The pressure, man, was rough. About 10 or 12 years old, um, God had given me a gift. Um, I'm okay at speaking, but I write really well. And so when I was, uh, my mom used to always have to come to the school happened multiple times. If she was here, she'd probably be crying out. Multiple times she had to come to the school. Um, and I would be in the principal's office with the teacher and, the, and, the, um, and, and my mom would be there. Um, your son is accused of plagiarism. You know, and I'm sitting here, I'm, th- I'm thinking I did something wrong, accused of plagiarism. Now, we didn't have, like, you know how you, you can put two pieces of paper next to each other and figure out what, if somebody's plagiarized? Multiple times they said that. And the answer was, there's no way he has the capacity to write at the level that he writes. It's got to be plagiarism. My mom's like, uh, how do you argue against that? He, he's smart. He can write. How do you argue against that? So seven years old, that's kind of, you know, what's going on. Fast forward, 16 years old, 17 years old, uh, me and my girlfriend were in love. Y'all know how that is. Where are my kids at? You know, you just feel like... This is the one I'm going to marry. I'm 16 years old. I've lived a long life. <laughs> this is my girl, man. This is my girl. It's got to be there. So, so we, this was our 
one-year anniversary. It fell on the end of a revival week. And so my mom and my dad had to sing. Uh, my mom had to sing. My dad didn't sing. He's like me. Um, and so um, it was like, uh, hey, listen, let's, let's celebrate it on Saturday, not on Friday. Um, she was okay, but she was mad at me. You don't respect our, our relationship. We've been together for a year. I've loved you for these full years from 15 to 16 years old. <laughs> and so she was mad at me, pissed off at me. So I'm at the top of the, the hill, dropping her off at her parents' house, who was down the hill because her dad didn't like me. But um, So she starts yelling at me. I'm on this side of the street. She's on that side of the street. She's just yelling bloody murder. You don't love me. You don't love me. I need you to be with me. You can go be with them anytime you live with them. So she's upset. Cops pull up. Immediately throw me in jail. Handcuffed, throw me in the back of the cop car, take me to jail. No questions asked. She's At this point, of course, she's crying. What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? So I'm at the jailhouse um, in, the, in the clink. And, um, I, why was I arrested? I, to this day, I don't know why I was arrested, but I was arrested. Um, so she started screaming to them that they were wrong. I didn't tell you that her dad was the chief of police. I forgot to tell you that part. It's pretty important. So, so of course, my mom, if she was here, she was bloody murder. Went, tried to rip up the whole police um, academy or police uh, station there because her son, who she knows was trying to get to her church to see her saying, was in jail for nothing. That's the pressure of the knee, man, that we kind of... So as bad as what we saw, the pictures that we saw, it's, that's, that, it's, that's all... That, that knee, you know, when, when Gavin and I were talking, and I'm talking to my daughters, um, it, it is the younger generation that they're just, they seem like they're more angry. I don't think they're more angry. I think they're, they had an altruistic understanding of what our, our, um, our American is. Because you can see, just being in Northern Virginia, look at our schools. Super diverse. These kids love each other. They're all different colors, and, and they love each other. And so when they see something like that, they say, that's not the America that I, was, I grew up in, Right? That's the issue, man. So finding our way is not easy. It's going to take unified effort. Pause. What time do I got to stop? <laughs> Roth will have me here till 5 o'clock. And it's, y'all's, it's his fault. No, I'm joking. I'm gonna be, I'll, 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 I got you. I got, I, I got you. I think I remember what you told me. So, all right. Over the many years, the bones of injustice continually dumped on the valley between our mountaintop experience. And so what we feel sometimes is we'll come into church, we'll have this great mountaintop experience like we had this morning, and then we'll leave here and we have to engage with this community that sometimes sees me and devalues me just based on how I look. So, so, so as a seven-year, you know, even now I'll get stopped. And so when, some, when a cop pulls me over, and many of the people here feel the same way, I have to start praying. Right? I'm starting to pray. Okay, God. All right. I got my license. I got my registration. I got everything I need. You know, so that, that happens even now. It just does. It, I'm not saying anything about the cop. I'm saying the perception that we have of ourselves because of being raised with the knee. Who, who, who realized when I'm talking about the knee? Yeah, right? Yeah, so we felt it, right? Okay, let's go on. Because I got to get to the answer. God has an answer for us. God has an answer for us. Steal away, steal away. I ain't got long to stay here. Sometimes you're feeling that way. But God has an answer for us, and I want to kind of get there. As I was studying this word, I was trying to figure out, well, what is, where is the answer? This is a tough one, God. You, you haven't seen this. You, yeah, right, I haven't seen that. Ezekiel 37.1, please, Donna. I haven't seen that. 
I had people sitting in a lion's den. Can you imagine how they smelled? These lions. Can you imagine how, um, how the, the bottom of the jailhouse smelled in Paul's life? People have been in a place where it's just a terrible, terrible condition. Um, you're at Ezekiel 3? Okay. Grab, grab me. Is this the message Bible? Yes. Grab me. God's spirit took me up and set me down in the middle of an open plain, strewn with bones. Where was he? Was he? This is a prophecy. Is he on the mountaintop looking down on the bones? No, he's in among the bones. He led me around and among them, a lot of bones. There are bones all over the plains, dry bones bleached by the sun. He was in the middle of the bones. That's what it kind of feels like to have the need. It feels like there are bones all around your feet, and as you try to go through this life and get your degrees and get your um, military experience and, and try to be a good citizen of America, and then sometimes you get face-to-face with somebody that judges you based on how you look, it's bones. <sighs> try to drudge through it. I just can't wait to get my next top mountaintop. You come to church among people who love me and see me for who I am, and we sit here and praise, and God is awesome, and we believe God is awesome, and the Holy Spirit is all over us. We touch people, and they're healed in Jesus' name, but then we leave here, and I'm so tired. I can't change the way I look. I can't change my, when I had hair, I can't change the way my hair looks. Don't judge me by that. Go to uh, verse 7 and 8. So what happened was he had these bones around him. We're coming out of here now. We're getting ready to take off. I got the bones around my feet. I'm in the middle of the plane. And the bones really speak of disorder, right? I can't imagine all the bones were sitting down with the head up here, the torso and the arms. These bones were all over the place. It was the disorder. The disorder that comes with... Um, bias, with racism. It's this disorder that's around us. These are the bones. This is the picture of the bones that are around you as a black man in America. Disorder around me. Go ahead. Go back. Does it go away after a certain second? I guess it does. (laughs) What did he do? Bones around me. I prophesied to the bones. Just as have been commanded, I prophesied. There was a sound What you hear in America, what you hear around the world right now is a sound. Pastor talked about it. Everybody gets it. Everybody gets it. Something's wrong with this. Everybody gets it. There's a sound going on right now, young people. I know you guys are pissed off, but there's a sound going on right now, a rustling. The bones, uh, they, they, is that moved? Yes. (laughs) They moved and came together. And so now everything around you that was disordered is starting to become in order. It's starting to become in order. Bones, getting right with bones. And you kept watching. And the sinews of, of, of non-bias, the sinews of equality, the muscles, the muscles of hope begin to come together and form on the bones. And then the skin stretch over them. What's the last verse? They have no breath. I, I told my daughters, we were talking about this, man. We were having a deep conversation going, driving up to Middleburg. Um, and I said, man, listen, I know, I get it. You're mad. I get it. But at some point, and you're a Christian, at some point, things are gonna, people are going to say, okay, okay, I understand. Black Lives Matter. What do you want to do and put a mic right in your face? You've got to have an answer. 
It's okay to be pissed off. But at some point, you've got to have an answer. You know who's not going to have the answer? The world's not going to have the answer. That's not going to have the answer. We've been here before, man. We've been here before. We've been here before. Where was that? So I'm seven and eight. So let's, um, let's go to nine. Let's go to nine. Sorry, sorry. So they didn't have no breath. These are bones. Now they're standing up in front of you, looking at you. The or- this order is now in order. They're standing up in front of you. I'm going to give you guys a little bit. This is an army, but it's just standing there with no breath. With no breath. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Tell the breath. The God the master says, come from the four winds. Come breathe, breathe, breathe. Breathe on the life of this army. So th- this order came in order. Now something's got to breathe on this thing to become an army. To become an army. Y'all with me? Are we, are we together? Are we together? Are we together? We as the body of Christ, we stand unified. We stand unified. Stand up as an army with tendons of equal rights, the muscles of justice, the skins of unity. And it's just standing there. Now what it's waiting on is an order. Here's the thing about an army, man. An army is awesome. And our army is awesome. But we're always looking to the commander for orders. What do I do? How do I engage? What do I do? Go to Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. Be prepared. You're up against more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued. Every weapon God has issued. Every weapon God has issued. Don't walk out there with just a helmet. Don't walk out there with just a sword. Every weapon that God has issued. So that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. They're more than words. So when I... this. It'll go off, I'll come back in a second. So this week, when somebody calls you and say, man, listen, well, you just got to pray. You you, you just got to pray, you just got to believe God to to change things around you. Come on, man. Does the Bible tell us to just pray and not engage? Faith without work is, come on, man. We, 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 We have to engage in this community. We have to engage in our culture to show them how Christ looks in the face of the valley. We have to show them that. We have to show them. Next slide. I mean, same, same verse. Are, are y'all with me? Y'all with me, right? Okay. So listen, you'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is in this essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep your spears up so that no one fails behind or drop out. That sounds like people are together, right? That doesn't sound like an individual. That sounds like people are together. That sounds like people are moving forward. Okay, we're, we're coming in. We're coming on in. Everybody's good? Everybody's still good? So, so how do I know it works? How do I know it works? Ezekiel 37. Don't, don't put up yet. So um, COVID was supposed to divide our families. COVID was supposed to have a bunch of sick people around. We're supposed to kill our, our, um, our advancements. Our, um, a lot of businesses are hurting. We called the men like a few weeks back, just kind of checking on some of the guys. Um, Pastor um, David was talking to us about the finances of the church a little bit, kind of what's going on. We we're kind of worried. Hey, man, what's going on? You guys know we move forward, right, in COVID? 
You guys realize we move forward in COVID, right? Our family does a prayer thing every, every Monday. That we, COVID took my daughters out of school, and so now they're at home. And back when I was a, um, a young father and they were three or four years old, some of you fathers remember that, when you would leave and you were still their hero. You come back home, daddy's home, daddy's home. That stopped at like 12. <laughs> right? So, so now I'm just like the guy that sits in the easy chair. I was the guy that sits in the easy chair. But what COVID did, it brought us together. And so we started doing Keep Your Love On with Danny Silk. And God has begun to kind of speak into our lives. We are nowhere, not, we are nowhere like we were in January. We are nowhere not. Our family is strong. Our family is strong. The voice of my daughters. Am I right, Mariah? <laughs> the voice of my daughters is powerful, man. COVID was supposed to take us out, but something had to happen in me as a leader with the spirit of God in me to change the goal of COVID. You with me, right? The goal of COVID, the strategy of the enemy is to divide, is to slow down, is to cause you to retreat, is to cause you to say, Focus your attention on the situation. Focus your attention on the circumstance. With the Spirit of God living in you. Are we crazy? Come on, come on, 37, Ezekiel 37. Let's go, let's go. I need to go to 15. I need to go to 15. Ezekiel 37, 15. Y'all ready? Here we go. So, so in this situation, God came to me. You son of man. Now, the army is standing up. What's my orders? You son of man, take a stick right on it for Judah with his Israelites and his commandment. Then take another stick right on it for Joseph, Ephraim's stick, together with all the Israelites and the companion. Then tie the two sticks together. So that you're holding one stick. What does Judah mean? Praise. Praise. What does Joseph mean? Increase. Increase Praise. Increase praise. He tells the army, increase praise. Increase praise. You remember what Joshua said when they looked at Jericho? He said, hey, listen, Judah, send Judah first. The wall was, inform- it was, it was formidable before them. He didn't say, send Judah only. He said, send Judah first. Increase praise. The army is standing here together looking for some kind of an order from anybody. What do I do? Increase praise. Increase praise. Y'all read it, right? Y'all read the same thing I read. Increase praise. During COVID-19, it was supposed to tear us down. It was supposed to tear us down as a family. I got it early on. 14 days. Couldn't touch my wife. Jesus. <laughs> I couldn't see my girl. I mean, I saw them in passing. And they had the mask on and, you know, they're in a Tyvek suit. <laughs> There's dad. Don't touch um, But listen, man, we begin to praise differently. We begin to honor him differently, man. There's things in the Bible that talk about he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And we begin to kind of increase our praise because of our position in the power of God. So, am I closing? I think I'm closing now. I'm closing. I need to understand that you guys understand that during COVID-19, he promoted us. We just agreed that. He promoted us. He financially advanced us. He, um, He also 
I'm, just, I'm, I'm bragging on God right now, if y'all don't mind. I'm just bragging on God based on this relationship with him. He took me from a position that I was in over like 80 people. I didn't interview for the job. I got a call. Hey, come up here. I just need you to work over here. Over like 600 people. I'm like, um, do I got to come to work? What and just, that's what he did. This is just what he did. So, so we were, we're talking about the God that looks at your life. And even though there's a situation that's pretty devastating around you, it does not have to be your testimony. It does not have to be your testimony. This is a devastating time for America. When you guys open up your news reel today, when you go home, if you open it up, what you're going to find is the knee on the neck happened last night in Fairfax. Another kid died. Right? So um, should we look at another situation and start chasing our emotions after that and say, oh, I can't do anything because uh, it's happening more and more often? Or should I look to the army of order? Should I look to the army of God? You. Should I look to the army of God and take a stick that says increase and take a stick that says praise and put them together? Stand arm in arm and say, listen, we will not stand for bias. We will not stand for racism. We will not stand for sexism. We will not stand for you to see somebody, not how God sees them. We will not stand for that. But we do it. And listen, 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 listen. I'm getting ready to get, I'm done. I'm closing right now. We, we increase our praise and we operate in love. That's how we, met, that's how we get out there and we, we, we dig into it. We dig into the, the culture with the praise, strength, and with love. That's how we do it, man. It, it, there's going to be more bad news. Can I, can I prophesy to y'all real quick? There's, there's going to be more bad news. Don't let it take you off of your focus. This is not the mountaintop. Can, can I be real with you? What happens, man, is we have praise here. We go down into a valley, and then we have praise here. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you continually. The one thing that Ezekiel did not understand, did not, did not describe, was Emmanuel. God with you. God with you. So, so listen, man, I, I don't want to get in trouble. Can we violate the six foot real quick? Can me and you stand together? Listen, man, this is my brother. We're the same age. 68, always great. Let's go. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're the same age. When we had a discussion this week, there were some things that he had to understand about me. There's some things I had to understand by him. But even though we're still growing in that area, we both know that God sees people as awesome. We, we both know that God doesn't have anything different between you if you're black, you're white, you're red, you're brown, you're old, you're young. He has the best for you. He has the best for you. And we have a mission in this earth. We have a mission in this earth. Northern Virginia will be saved. So I'm speaking to the camera right now. Northern Virginia will be saved. 
We are not separating just because something happened on the news. We aren't separating just because somebody um, did something wrong in a game. We're not going to separate. We're not going to separate and, and dis- divide ourselves and become less strong. We are more strong now than we've ever been before. We are more strong now because we will increase our praise. We will increase our praise. We will love the man. We will love you wherever you are. So if you feel disenfranchised wherever you are in North Virginia, come here. Come here. We love you. We love you. We want the best for you. I don't care what color you are. Green, come see us. We got you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Father God, I speak to the Northern Virginia. I speak to the people of this church. I speak, Lord God, to the dry bones of, of bias, of racism, Lord God, of, of sexism, of, of all the things, Lord God, that will try to divide us. I speak as an authority on the subject that you will bring us out. <laughs> the authority, Jesus, the authority of the Holy Spirit's ability to move us forward. You have no right in our culture, you have no right in our community. I speak truth. I speak power over this, this, this congregation. I speak a powerful anointing. I speak mission-focused, kingdom-focused children. Our teenagers. Give them a platform, Lord God, to speak increased praise to tear down strongholds that are in their schools. Give them a platform. I speak to the people that are a little bit beyond 50, 60 years old. It's not over for you. You have a long, strong voice. It is not time for you to give up. We still increase our praise. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, that we will change and we will be moved towards you. And Northern Virginia (laughs) will be saved. It will be unified under under your banner. And it will be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys.